check, one, two, check. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Duke Lamastra, and you're listening to the Simple Power Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode, where I'm going to be sharing a little bit on the subject of hope. I uh, hope you enjoy it. Stay tuned. Episode 14 starts right now. Hey, podcast family. I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of feeling the Christmas spirit this week. I'm not sure when you're actually going to be hearing this, but this episode was originally published on December 23rd. So anyway, I just figured I would get a little bit Christmassy on you this week. One of my favorite names for God in the Bible is the name Emmanuel. God has a lot of different names. He's Elohim, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace, Jehovah Roi or Roi, the Lord our shepherd. He's called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He's called the Prince of Peace. He has many names, and every name of God in Scripture reveals his nature and his character to us. Like, He calls himself Jehovah Jireh. He wants you to know that he is the God who has looked ahead and has already provided. He's faithful to provide for your every need. This is important because, you know, sometimes we all know that it doesn't look that way, right? Sometimes it might look like you're about to go under, like everything's about to fall apart. Believe me, I've definitely been there. I know what it's like to be surrounded by debt. I know what it's like to have all your bills past due and literally have no idea where the money's going to come from. I I remember back to when my wife and I were serving as missionaries in Mexico. After we came back to the U.S., I tried to figure out like how we made it. And honestly, I don't have an explanation. We depended uh, primarily on missionary support from people in the U.S. Sometimes the money came in, sometimes it didn't. Some months, like literally nothing came in, but he was always faithful. We never missed a rent payment. We, we did have some pretty simple meals at times, but you know, like when our son was born down there, I remember not having any idea how we were going to pay the hospital bills and afford things like diapers and all that kind of stuff, but he never once let us down. And I think sometimes we can focus too heavily on the lack and on what we don't have and on what's not going right. Like it wasn't until after we left Mexico and got back to the States that I started to think about it, comparing what we actually spent to what actually regularly came in. And to this day, I don't know how God did it, but he did. It wasn't until after I got outside of the situation that I realized how faithful he was throughout. Yeah, there were definitely tough times. There were humbling times. When I think about it now, it was truly miraculous. But when you're in the midst of the situation, it doesn't always look or feel miraculous. It feels like you're going to buckle under the pressure. It, It might look like things are falling apart. But he wants you to know his name is Jehovah Jireh. He calls himself your provider. It's not in his nature to leave you without provision. So all of his names, they reveal his nature and his character to us. They reveal something about who he is that we can actually stand on and live from. 
So anyway, one of my favorite names for God in Scripture is the name Emmanuel. Emmanuel was mentioned in the book of Isaiah. It was mentioned as a messianic prophecy or a prophetic declaration of the coming Messiah, the coming Savior, who of course is Jesus. Then in the first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, starting around verse 18, we have this story of the birth of Jesus. Mary and Joseph were engaged to be married, and Mary became pregnant, um, but pregnant of the Holy Spirit with Jesus. So she was still a virgin, but she became pregnant with Jesus. Obviously, that was something miraculous that God did. The Bible says that Joseph had been advised, and he was thinking about putting Mary away secretly because he didn't want a public example to be made of her. Just so you know, the majority of the people surrounding Mary and Joseph probably didn't believe this story of Mary getting pregnant by way of the Holy Spirit. I mean, what would you think of a teenage girl that you knew came up pregnant and started telling everyone that she was still a virgin and that God made her get pregnant? Would you believe her? Of course not. I know I definitely wouldn't. Do you recognize that the majority of her family and friends and the people that lived nearby were probably talking about her like a dog? They probably looked at her with disdain. Some of them more than likely for the rest of Mary's life. Mary is one of my favorite people in the Bible because of the sacrifice that she made. The stigma that she chose to live under in order to be obedient to God and bring the Savior into the world. The burden that she was willing to bear to bring Jesus, our perfect, precious Savior, into the world. So Joseph wanting to save her from some of that ridicule and disgrace was considering putting her away secretly. But while he was thinking about these things, an angel came to him in a dream, told him not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife, that the child in her womb was put there by the Holy Spirit and that they would give birth, that Mary would give birth to a son and they would call his name Jesus, that that he would save his people from their sins. And then the Bible says all this was done that it might be fulfilled what the Lord spoke through the prophet, talking about Isaiah, saying, The virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. And I think it's so incredible that God calls himself God with us, that that's one of the names that he chose to be called God with us. Do you recognize just how imperfect we really are? How many bad ideas we come up with? How many wrong motives we operate under? Like how selfish we can be, how unfaithful we can be, how many times we miss what God is saying and doing. Like the list goes on and on, but still God never shies away from identifying himself with us. This perfect, beautiful, amazing, holy God that we serve. He doesn't hide himself from us because of all of our mess and imperfections and insecurities and shortcomings. He actually desires to be with us. I think that Romans 5, 8 really sums up the totality of what Christianity is all about. It says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
And look, we can focus on or get distracted by so many things that at the end of the day don't really matter all that much. But when we come back to this simple truth, look, we were totally unlovable. Unlovable. We were still sinners. That means that we were enemies of God. That means that we were completely incapable of being pleasing to God. By nature, we were children of wrath. By nature, we were totally unworthy, totally unacceptable. But while we were in that state, he demonstrated how much he loves us and he laid down his life for us. He laid it all down to be God with us. And if he did all that, like look what it says in Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall we not with him, excuse me, how shall he not with him also freely give us, you and me, all things? I'm telling you that I can get so distracted in my mind. I can get into worry mode with the best of them. I can get into a pity party and just stay there. But when I think about what he did just to be with me, like what he did just to be with you, listen, he is for you. And if it looks like your circumstances are against you, like like maybe your boss, it looks like your boss is against you or your family's against you, your health is against you or your finances. If it looks like time is against you, look, he, God with us is for you. He didn't even spare his own son, but he gave him up in your place so that you could be with him. He did it while you were still a sinner. He did it all, he did all that knowing how many times you would mess up, how many times you would fall down and fail, how many times you would hurt other people, how many times you would disobey and run away from him. He knew all of it and he did it anyway. He didn't choose you because you looked good. If that's how God chose people, I would have missed that train, believe me. But listen, whatever you're going through, whatever mistakes you've made, no matter how bad you've messed up, let it go. Because... God is for you. And he says, how will I not also freely give you all things? Guys, this is the hope that we have. I always think a lot about hope around this time of year. Do do you realize how many people that are out there that just have absolutely no hope? There are people that you look at on a regular basis that just look like they have it all together. Like maybe they have a great job, a nice house, good health. But if they don't have Jesus, there is no level of good stuff that can actually give somebody hope. Ephesians 2.12 says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Look, without Christ, there is zero hope. He says, having no hope and without God in the world. Do you recognize that that this world is a miserable place to be without God? We have such a hope, not just that he saved us and redeemed us and he's given us this promise of eternal life and joy and everything that he's done for us, but he also promises that with that, he will also freely give us all 
things. Like, we have nothing to worry about. Even though, you know, we all worry at times, we have nothing to truly worry about because this is the nature of who God is. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He doesn't come alongside us just when we're doing good and then leave us when we mess up. He's God with us. He stays by your side. He stays with you through everything that you go through. This is the hope that we have. Listen, the simple fact that you have hope gives you so much authority. I mean, it's unreal. When you are surrounded by people that are living in a system that's broken and there's nothing they can do to fix it, but because you have gotten to know this Jesus that loved you so much that he laid down his life in your place, taking the punishment that you deserved, but that you couldn't pay on your own. What does the scripture say? Christ in you, the hope of glory. I guess really what I'm getting at in this whole discussion is just a simple reminder that no matter where you are, no matter what you need, whatever you're lacking, whatever you're up against, there is absolutely nothing that's bigger than the God that you serve. And he is not distant from you. He lives inside of you. He loves to be near you. He suffered and died because he wanted to be with you. When you have an opportunity to get into fear or get into doubt, worry, frustration, or whatever, remind yourself that he is with you, that he is Emmanuel, that he is God with us, and he does not change. But let's not just stop there. Let's also recognize that there are people all around us that actually need this hope that we know. It's not an elitist thing. It doesn't make you better than anybody else. It doesn't make me better than anybody else. Please don't go there. Like we didn't do anything to deserve or earn this hope that we have. He did it all. But he's given us hope in this world, which means that he's given us authority to come alongside of the people in this world. People that are broken, people that are hurting, lost, people that Jesus laid his life down for but haven't found their way home yet. I don't care if you've been walking with Jesus for 30 years or like 30 minutes. You have something that this world desperately needs. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I know for me personally, how easily I can get into a mode of living where I'm so focused on myself, like my stuff, my problems, my whatevers, and I can ignore or become indifferent or even just oblivious to the fact that there are actually other people out there and that this life and this hope and this peace and this joy and this promise of eternal life, it actually isn't just all about me. So my encouragement to you this week, I guess, is even as we're in this Christmas season, be alert to the fact that the Christ in you wants to give hope to the world around you. Don't be fooled by the external picture of the people you encounter. You know, I'm not saying everybody you know is broken. I'm just saying everybody, like including you and I, everybody knows how to put up that fake picture, that fake facade, that, you know, selfie that makes it look like everything is okay, even when it's not. Listen, let the Christ in you, the God with us in you, shine through your life this week. Look for opportunities or even just be alert when opportunities present themselves to you to just share a little bit of this hope 
that you've come to know with the world around you. Hey, I love you guys. I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas and holiday season. I look forward to being back with you next Monday, bright and early. If you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. Check out my new Facebook page. It's at DK LaMastra. You can leave me a comment or direct message there. Hey guys, don't forget to subscribe to the Simple Power Podcast. I appreciate you. Merry Christmas. I'll see you next time.